Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey everyone. Catholic Stuff Podcast. What's up everyone? The American edition. Yeah. Loud and proud. Yeah. America. Doing the solo mic tour. With the, uh, what were you calling it with the fire in the background? What? In your British accent a couple of podcasts ago. Oh, yeah. What were we calling it? I forget. Anyway. Fireside chats. Yes. Oh, With yeah. The fire going again. It's starting to we snow got, out there. I know. It's cold out. Father Keith Kenny came here for the ordination of Deacon Joel Barstad, and uh, he said... He remembered why he left Denver (laughs) to go back to Phoenix. Yep. And then he went back to Phoenix two hours later, and he goes, it's so hot I had to turn the air conditioning on. (laughs) So. So suck it, Father Keith Kenny. Yeah. I'd actually rather have the heat on than the air conditioning. I would. Mm -hmm. I think, I think I, I like having four seasons. I love Colorado for that reason. If you had to be cold for the rest of your life or hot for the rest of your life, which one would you be? I think I would want hot. Yeah, I. that's tough. Yeah. I mean, like, Father John would admit, like, when we were in Merida yeah. or when I was in India, yeah. and you're so hot. Right. Like, you, you can never cool off. Right. And you just, you just feel like you're going to blow at any point. Yeah. I don't know. That's true. I don't. I don't know if I, I remember that being that hot as a kid in New Mexico. All we had was swamp cooling, so it was like we'd, we'd walk into the house and we didn't have air conditioning in the car. So we, as a kid, we'd walk into the house and we'd turn on the swamp cooling. And just the entire family, all seven of us, would stand underneath the one vent for the swamp cooler. And just oh, yeah. like, oh, that was. Too, yeah, you're right. I, I think I've just been spoiled the last few years of having generally conditioned air. Well, that's interesting because, like, if you if you're cold, you could just move a lot and get warm again. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're that cold, sometimes moving around doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think I think the, the your question implies livable either right, way. Yeah. Just which which one is annoying? And I think you're right. You can you can solve without any sort of extra help. You can solve being cold more quickly than you solve being hot. Yeah. Without any, you know, we don't have a pool. We don't have that, that. So, yeah, some people yeah. don't have a pool. <laughs> what did somebody call it? Somebody called it uh, the the Taj the Taj Mahal, Taj Gobal, Taj Gobal, or something. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, it's the Taj Gobal around here. I was like, what? Harumph. And then they're from like a different different diocese or whatever, but they'd heard about it. So oh, I like the Taj Gobal. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, we are. Uh, we took a little break <laughs> and ate probably too much. <laughs> no, I don't I'm, know. I'm kind of fading. Ugh. I think it was the small plate. It was what I, mine was regular size. New yeah. Company, whatever regular size is. Yeah, it wasn't that big. Oh, that's perfect. But I'm just it's that post. Yeah, the pasta slump. The post pasta slump. We're feeling good. We got the fire going. Yeah. Uh, Get some hot chocolate with Bailey's. (laughs) We're doing our last sips before Lent. Yes. By the time this podcast's out, it'll be the third week of Lent. Wow. Right? That's nearly the middle. Yeah. 
Well, it'll be, yep, because we got mine coming out next week, first week of Lent. Yep, third week of Lent. Who's doing the one tomorrow? Are they recording? Did they record? Uh, you mean yesterday? It's Friday today. Oh, did one come out? Yes. <laughs> one of theirs came out. Yes. All right. The Rome one came out, so we're next. <laughs> I'm trying, people. I really am. I, I, I listen to the podcast when I do laundry, and... Uh, I did my laundry, nice. but I'm still like needing to catch up. So, somebody what did you say? Somebody asked about. Somebody wanted to know about Deacon John. Oh yeah, somebody put on the Instagram page. Can Deacon John Neppel come and give a talk on like faith in the corporate world? Which is actually a great idea for a podcast. But they called him Deacon John Neppel. How long has he been a priest? Five years. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that, five. Five. Less than that, I think. Is it really five? I was ordained. No, it's uh, say this will be his sixth year. Oh, wow. yeah, five years. So they're still at the beginning of the podcast. I think he was a deacon. No, no, he was a seminarian. Mike was a deacon when the podcast started. Right, right? yeah, yep. Father Mike. Yep, yep. All right. Well, I guess we can dive in. Yeah. Um, All right. Question. In the mood for deep. We already got into the cold or hot or whatever. Question. What is your superpower? My what I want to be my superpower, or what my superpower is? What you want? Oh, what I want. Um. Ooh, my head. My head immediately goes to like over piety, wisdom, like Solomon. I'll, what? That's <laughs> for wisdom. Seriously, <laughs> supernatural wisdom. Yeah, I, mean, I, I. That's your superpower. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Total. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's overly pious, but why not? That's that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, smart. Yeah, he went to Steubenville. Yeah. That's a good answer. <laughs> um, the uh, my superpower okay. whenever I was a kid yeah. was I always wanted this. Whenever we were driving, okay. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but when we were driving long distances, I would dream that my superpower was that I could look in the distance okay. and immediately be there. Oh. And then look in the distance again and immediately be there again. I thought about that one. I was like, good too. And then I would be like, I would be there in like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I did that too. Yeah. No, you chose wisdom. (laughs) You chose wisdom. That's all you get. When I was a kid, I still want wisdom. All right. All right. All right. What is your, what would you say is your, is your actual superpower? Like you, you feel like you have real gifts in this area. Patience. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. What's yours? Uh, Probably humor. Like, I mean, if I was going to play one trump card. You could argue with that. (laughs) You could argue. You know? Um, Yeah. We all have, we all have our, our gifts. We all are, we all play to our strengths, as they say. You know, when you're playing in uh, like Euchre or Pinochle or whatever, you got to pick a suit. And you got to go with it. Yeah. And you have those rare moments when you're playing where you're like, I have every card. Like, and there's no way that anybody can can stop right, me. Right. But. Going alone. Yeah. Going alone. Yeah. That's that's actually a good analogy. Um, that's pretty rare in in life. Right. It's pretty rare in life to just have every suit 
you know, there was a priest, you know, he was a deacon. He gave a homily at our seminary once where he said, um, when it comes to my character, I have every virtue in spades. Oh. And I was like sitting in there. I was like, except humility. <laughs> but I don't even remember what his homily about, but it was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like, but that's not true. I don't have every gift, but anyways, so we all, we all have weaknesses and we all have strengths. It, It very much flows into what we were talking about in our last podcast in terms of we want to be one or the other, but we're usually a mixture of both. Right. Um, we have aspirations for good, but we also have the capacity for evil. Right. So um, we in the Roman church have <laughs> a tradition of daily mass. Mm-hmm. You guys don't really do daily divine liturgy. Right. Is there any place that does that, even in monasteries? Yeah, monasteries would. I mean, if you can, if you have the availability for it, oh, and you sweet. can do, and you can do full a full cycle, matins, vespers, all the hours, then you have adequately prepared, and you can celebrate the resurrection on that day. Especially since there's a saint for each day, so like it's not just on feast days that you do it, but you you acknowledge that saint day. Like today is Nicephorus. It's like, hey, the martyr martyr Nicephorus. We're having a divine liturgy because we know all about him. We prayed matins and vespers. We prayed right. the hours. Why not? Yeah. Hmm. If you prayed matins and if you prayed lauds and vespers right. and did divine liturgy, could you do anything else in a day? Mm-hmm. Me personally? No, like, I mean, I mean, is there enough time? Yeah. I mean, but all the, the small hours are very small. The small oh, okay. hours are 15 minutes each. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of like ours. Right. All right. Um, but we, in our daily mass cycle, uh, we go through, you know, particular readings. So since the flip of the year... Um, since, uh, like we started ordinary time. Yeah. So you did Advent and then you go into ordinary time and then, you know, you start in a certain place in the lectionary and the way in which it started, uh, for cycle two, I think, um, uh, the weekday readings are in terms of year one, year two, okay. and then the gospel or ABC. Um, you start with first Samuel. Okay. okay, so we are just flipping the the book on uh, First Kings and kind of uh, going into the exile period, mm-hmm. uh, or not the exile period, like the division of the kingdom. Um, but there's three figures, okay, in First Samuel and uh, like First, Second Samuel, and First Kings. Okay, three major figures: the first kings of Israel. Who are they? Oh, quiz show, quiz show, quiz show. Out. The first king of Israel is is David. Is Saul? Saul. Yeah. Yep. The second is David, and the third is Solomon. 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 Right. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, it's okay. I couldn't remember the the Roman I'll try, hat. I'll try to be humble. That's, that's could, the point. Right you see, he exercises patience. <laughs> what uh, did you ever remember? What that Roman hat is called? I keep coming up no. with fedora, but that's, that's not, not it. it. But it might be something similar. I oh. can't remember. It's not, it, I think it does sound like fedora, though. People are yelling it right now. It's not fedora. It sounds like fedora, probably. I'll remember it by the end. Okay, so uh, just the the beginning of First uh, Samuel. You know, you hear about the call of Samuel. You hear about like the the people of Israel 
kind of saying, we want to be like every other nation. And eventually they asked for a king. Right. And uh, the king is... Samuel kind of forewarns him because he's like, well, you have a king. It's it's God, and he's led you in all of your battles, and he won't betray you, and um, he's going to be faithful. And, and they're like, eh, I don't know. We kind of want to be like all the other nations. So he says... Um, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will steal your sour patch kids and your bourbon. He will take your men servants and maid servants and the best of your cattle. And that day you will cry out because of the king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you. But the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel and said, no, but we will have a king over us that will be like all the nations and that our king may govern us and go out before us and fire battles. And then uh, God says, listen to them, you know, just give them what they want. They're not upset with you. They're just upset with me. Um, And then it begins the search for the king. Okay. We have uh, in us like, a desire for greatness, a desire for leadership, okay? If you were going to pick certain qualities for leadership, like, what are you looking for? Uh, well, real real divine authority, um, compassion, patience, wisdom. Um, yeah, insight of... Eloquence. Empathy, yeah, eloquence, yeah. yeah. I mean, have we ever had somebody who had all of those qualities? Shapu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are rare there are rare examples. Yeah. There are rare examples in both the scriptures and in tradition. Yeah. Like our, you know, our emperors, our bishops, our you know, the, the kings, like, and there are a lot of kings, but there are very few saint kings. Right. There are a lot of bishops. There are very, probably even fewer yeah. um, saint bishops. Right. Actually, that'd be interesting because, like, with kings, there's a lot less of them. Yeah. But with right. bishops, they're all over the world. Right. And we've only right. had, like, how many saintly bishops? Yeah. We in the East, I think, have more than in the West, but still, yeah, we tend to canonize people if they were well-known and powerful. Yeah. And they like, you know, had a successful capital campaign. Right. <laughs> so, um, so we have, we have all these different things that we're looking for. And I would actually propose that these, that the three, the three first Kings of, of Israel actually teach us a lot about what are the pitfalls of yeah. leadership Yeah, and just kind of going over them briefly. So, so Saul's an interesting dude. Saul was a big guy. Yeah. It says in, uh, let's see here, chapter 9, there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, a man of wealth, and he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the sons of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Hmm. So he has, he has strength. He comes from a wealthy family, um, and it seems that he has some kind of power. Right. Right. Um, what's Saul's major kind of like downfall? Uh, jealousy, envy. Yes. Yeah. And why is he jealous and envious? When does he? When does he actually? This is hard. Father Michael is only. I have the scriptures in front of me, and I've actually <laughs> been listening to the story of Israel at say, daily our, mass our every day. Yeah. But like, when does Saul get jealous? 
when he sees David's victory or yeah, David's strength. Yeah, yeah, he has power. He is head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah. He's a powerful man. And then there actually arises one who's bigger than him. There will always, this is point one, there will always come someone who has a greater strength than you. Right. Right. Like there were guys in my high school that were funnier than me. Okay. I'm admitting that publicly. (laughs) Okay. I worked really hard. To become class clown. Okay. I would totally admit there were guys in my high school that were funnier yeah. than me. Try try preaching every Sunday to Joel Barstat. Exactly. Yeah. I know he's better at theology. And, who's and who's more patient than you and your family? Are you the most patient one? Um, Probably your mom. I would say my dad, actually. Oh, yeah. He's my pretty dad good. is incredibly patient. He's cool, calm, collected, marine, but has everything in control. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, probably my sister. But yeah, my dad. Certainly. We we like to think we have uh, certain qualities that like other people pale in comparison to. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden we find somebody else yeah. in that in that you know kind of realm, yeah. there can be the sense where it's like our envy or jealousy kind of turns to now I'm not good. Yeah. Instead of acknowledging that they're good, yeah. and I'm good. Like it's and I'm not good it anymore. Turns to shame. Yeah, yeah. You start to compare yourself yeah. and say, "Wow." I mean that that's like one of the originals, yeah. you know, with Cain and Abel. Yeah. Um, but uh, but with Saul, like they the people elect Saul because they're like, we want somebody who's going to be stronger than everybody else. Mm-hmm. They and and God really anoints him, but he right. gives the people what they want. Right. He's kind of exemplifying something of that. Uh, teaching him a lesson. But Saul goes the way of of all strength, which is strength will fail. Yeah. If you have like, um, I don't know, certain qualities, great hair, uh, an amazing chin, <laughs> like soft skin. Like, I mean, I, I'm just hypothetically, <laughs> you know, these will all fail. They'll all fail at some point. Um and you will go the way of your forefathers, which is it, it will all die. Yeah. And that that is not enough. Right. Like attractiveness that that was gone for certain people a long time ago. <laughs> um, but but those kind of things can't last. Right. Sorry, Father John. It's you know you got about three more years. Basically, no, okay, right. <laughs> then you're going to get like a huge boil on your neck, and I'm going to be like, you can't lance that thing. Okay, so Saul eventually runs into somebody who's stronger than him. Uh, he can't he can't defeat him or won't defeat him, and then uh, eventually, you know, you have that whole famous line of David has slain his ten thousands, but Saul only his thousands. Mm-hmm. And nothing's left for him but the kingship. So then with his strength, he begins to persecute David. And he doesn't doesn't prove successful. David's like wily and everything. Um, what was it about David that was really attractive to the people? I mean, he was just kind of a kid. Yeah. It said he had bright eyes and made a splendid appearance, which I always thought made it sound like he was wearing Gucci <laughs> And like you know, had like you know, nice nice contact lenses Mascara. in or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, I mean, there's there's deeper there's a deeper thing with that. Well, I, mean, I, I want to say wisdom for Solomon, but I think the the, the bravery, 
certainly in uh, he 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 understood felt God's presence. He he spoke of God certainly more than Saul did. I think I I think part of that is he had virtue. Yeah. Okay. He had he had vir- he had yeah. he had learned virtues yeah. through his life. Yeah. He was a brother, a brother of many. Um, he was in fellowship with them. He had learned the the dignity of work. Uh, he was he just was okay being poor. He was yeah. just a shepherd, um, and he had created habits in himself that made him capable of receiving an even greater gift. Yeah. Um, he was probably very good looking. I mean, like, you know, my guess is he was no slouch, um, but he had, he had virtue, right? Uh, our virtues are constantly tested Mm. and sometimes we don't know that we have a virtue or we believe we have a virtue and then it's tested and we don't actually have that. Right. Right. Like I've had certain people say to me, no, 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 I'm, I'm very, very patient. And I'm like, really? Like the way in which you slammed that door shows that you're not patient, right? Like you are m- just moving, you know, constantly, and right. and that's not. Father Michael didn't do that. I did have a rant last podcast that were two podcasts ago that showed my impatience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or yeah, frustration, whatever. But virtues, virtues can be tested, yeah. and I I just feel like with virtue. With virtue, sometimes you get to like, you have to level up. Right. Are you familiar with Pokemon? No, but. Do you know the premise of Pokemon? Like, you have to start at like a low level. Okay. You have like a little baby. And you catch little, these things. And- yeah, you catch them and then you like train them. Okay. Um, so, like, the, the beginning stage of uh, a, a certain Pokemon is Charmeleon. Okay. Charmeleon's friendly. Charmeleon's, you know, kind of playful and he can like spit out fire. Okay. Eventually, like if you train him enough, you can get to Charmander. Okay. And then if you actually like, you know, like get, you know, advanced, whatever. I don't even know how you do these things. I just would watch my little brother and ask him questions every once in a while. Uh, You would get to Charizard. Charizard's like the big dragon, you know, mega whatever. I would say most people have either Charmeleon or Charmander virtues. Okay. You don't get to a certain level of virtue until you've actually been trained in it. Right. Right. Like what you were doing that Habitica. Right. Like, what were some of the virtues that you were working on? I was working on, like, consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will, like, well, like, you have, you have your daily goals, you have your once-in-a-lifetime goals, like, just to-dos, and then you have your, your, your whole list of virtues that you can just add to your daily goals, like, by, by having certain virtues. But my biggest thing was, like, you get points for check-ins. Like if, if you check in every day, that was my biggest thing. Do you check in every day? Do you get through your list of dailies? Like the to-dos were secondary and the virtues were secondary. Hmm. The biggest thing I needed help with was just you're getting through these yeah. 10 things every day. Voicemail, cell, emails, personal emails. I mean all that stuff. All the things that make you a good, consistent priest. That's what I needed to work on. Yeah, and the, that was that was training you yeah. in the virtue. Virtue is you know that you have the virtue when you do it easily, right? Quickly and with kind of delight. Yeah. Like it's it's not something that's hard for you. It's yeah. just like this is what I choose to do. Right. 
I would say for the most part, like in the scriptures, David excels in this. Okay. Um, he excels in, in virtue and is able to like rally other brothers around him, like to, uh, to achieve those virtues. Right. The, the, the main point where David kind of falls with his love interest, um, is when he begins to think, I have this virtue and I will have this virtue whenever I need it. Yeah. You know, like it'll it'll be there for me. Um, huh. Sorry, it's now we're in first. We Oh, no, second Samuel. Da-da-da, here we go. Chapter 11, second Samuel. Get ready. In the spring of the year, the time when kings go forth to battle... David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. First mistake. Huge mistake. <laughs> right. Like, David is so, is so confident hmm. that his virtue will always be there that in some way he's like, no matter what I do, I will still be this kind of person. Hmm. Um, and the choices that we make have effects like that's really the second point if the virtue isn't being tested or trained you tend to lose it yeah or you lose its sharpness right and what i was explaining to my people uh when i was preaching to them was seeing like the story through the eyes of someone who's actually engaged with these characters when you read the line that david remained in jerusalem it's like what right why would he do that? Why would he separate himself from his brothers right. who he had been fighting with all this time? Why would he isolate himself and uh, and do something other than what kings do? Yeah. Like kings fight battles on behalf of the people. Yeah. And this is the beauty of um, – you might be getting here, but this is the beauty of Uriah not sleeping with his wife right. when he comes home because he, his heart is still on the battlefield. Yeah. And David's heart was home and that was the problem. Yeah, David's David's heart had had turned. David ultimately is is it's sort of like imagine like you have you have a mountain where you have the base of the mountain on one side, then you have the pinnacle and then you have, you know, the other side of the mountain. Yeah. In a way, David kind of straddles both sides of the peak, but in some ways he can go from the very top like 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 near the top to the top and then after the top. Right. Father Keith pointed out a great point that in the Roman martyrology, which is the you know, kind of list of saints in the Roman church, David is listed. Hmm. Do you guys call him Holy David or the? I think we even call yeah the Holy prophet, Patriarch, Patriarch David. Yeah. yeah. Do you do that for Saul? No. Do you Not do that for Solomon? I don't think so. Exactly. Well, that's what he was saying. In the martyrology, only David is listed. Well, they, David, we celebrate David along with Joseph and James on the Sunday after Christmas. Hmm. So I don't, I don't think he has his own feast, but he definitely has his own feast day along with yeah. Joseph and James. Yeah. But I think you learn these virtues in community, in relationship. Yeah. And when you encounter other persons with virtues, you start to see, you know what? Like... I'm not perfect yet. Like I actually admire the virtues of my brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I admire like their capacity or of my family or, you know, like when you're in your hotel room, all your by yourself, you don't need to have virtue. 
Right. You can lay on your like, you know, hotel bed like with the, you know, Dorito chips all over <laughs> and like, you know, belching and whatever. Like you can just live your own life because yeah. no one's going to challenge those virtues. Yeah. But when all of a sudden when you when you encounter persons, like you not only get to put your virtues into actions, but also you get to see, man, I'm I'm not as good as I want to be. Yeah. yeah. Or my virtues can aid others. Right. So David, David has an overconfidence that he's made it. Yeah. He's made it to the kingship. He's kicking butt. Saul is gone. Like, he's all alone. And I can just sit. I can just relax. And the greatest saints were still converting at the end of their life. Yeah. Or desiring conversion at the end of their life. You know, the interesting thing about, about that is that it's also David's... David's excelling at human virtue is is kind of it's tempered by the tradition that he wrote the Psalms Hmm. because there are many of the Psalms that are very almost despairing. And I I certainly a feeling inadequate, feeling a loss, feeling vulnerable. And it'd be a very interesting thing to see if, if Dave, the face David put on was very strong and virtuous, but almost like if the Psalms were his diary the, the inner you know, yeah yeah the inner mm. the inner prayer and his yeah. his insecurity before god which is which is manifest and evident in the psalms but yeah right but he but he shows his greatest he shows his greatest virtue in that he confesses his weakness right he and yeah. it, he's brought to that conversion through another through another brother yeah yeah he goes by the name of Nathan right <laughs> the prophet. Um, I always think that's funny because, like, my dad is David, and I'm like Nathan the prophet. And sometimes I see him, I'm like, "You the man." So, but uh, but at least he acknowledges it. Yeah. And I mean, that's why Psalm 51 is is so so powerful. I was I had the um, uh, I someone wrote me a letter asking for assistance with uh, Rachel's Vineyard um, in Colorado. Uh, Rachel's Vineyard is a post-abortion healing retreat uh, that's like really grown in um, success and popularity and more people are trusting in. Um, and, I, and I happened upon a Protestant testimonial hmm. of a woman who was saying uh, that she went on this on this retreat. And on this retreat, she, you know, she's, she's not Catholic. She didn't really know like a lot of those, you know, kind of Catholic calisthenics, whatever. But she said at the top of one of the meditations, it had written these words and she, she had not yet read them in that light before. And it was Psalm 51. Hmm. And I don't take credit for that as Catholics. I, I just take credit for that, that like to be able to see that like David was a great man right. who made a horrible choice, right. acknowledged his guilt, and then like is able to to compose to pray this this song, this psalm where he beseeches like you know thoroughly wash me from my guilt, yeah. you know, and for, of my you know guilt cleanse me, um, and he he will not allow himself to hide behind what he'd done in the past or what he, you know, like it, it wasn't my fault. You know, I kind of fell into this. 
You know, like yeah. sometimes people are like, you know, I fell into da 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 da. I'm like, you fell into it, right? Like, I think you made a lot of choices to lead Led you to, it, yeah. to that point. And I think I think David David's no different. You know, right? Um, I can't remember. It might be Scott Hahn or. Jeff Cavins or whatever, one of these uh, authors says, I, I would sin like David if I could, if I could convert like David, Hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, So he has, he has a boldness. Um, And I think that part of the, what God is exemplifying is our hearts are, you know, in labor pains to like actually give birth to what we desire, but it's not a done deal. Yeah. It's not a done deal, and if you think if you think that you've kind of made it and you're just gonna rest on your on your victories in the past or you know things that you've done before, um, there's a lot more that needs to be done. Right. I used to I used to harken back to there was one time that I did something really kind for a lady, and I was like. I was a little kid and I was that like, was epic. that that was epic. <laughs> and like, I don't know if I have to do anything more. Okay. <laughs> like nice. I, I mean that I did the right thing. Right. And then I started like, you know, actually sinning mm-hmm. and I, and that in some way, like I still look back at that and I'm like, that was a really good thing that I did. I'm terrified that that still isn't enough. Uh, right. You know, I had a buddy in college who, this is the way he described it. He said that he was so, I mean, like he he was he had been raised on the Baltimore Catechism and had, had certainly memorized everything you're supposed to memorize with the Baltimore Catechism, and he just he that that led him to such an arrogance that he thought at one point because he had a couple of successes with friends he thought he could convert the devil. This is like he was probably like hmm. eighteen nineteen years old. He thought he was so educated and such so eloquent that he could convert the devil. And he said that one night he was sitting in his in his parents' living room, like just thinking these arrogant thoughts. And he says, and he saw with his physical eyes a man like walk through the door and sit down and say, "Bring it on." And he says he he talked, he talked, he talked. He says within ten minutes he was he walked out of the house and all he said was like, "I committed a mortal sin that night." And he didn't say to tell me what it was, but he just said, he says that that man that walked through my door convinced me to go and commit a mortal sin that night. Wow. He says that's, that's where my arrogance led me wow. to absolute downfall and very quickly and in an extreme way. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, but David, David is, um, he's an example for us because yeah. that's always the tension. Right. You know, we have we have ambitions of greatness mm-hmm. and we have the capacity to do amazing things with and for God at the same time. Like you said it on the last podcast. I so it was so great. Like we also have the capacity for great, great evil, yeah. you know, um, and we shouldn't we shouldn't fear either of them. Right. Like if God calls us to greatness, we shouldn't worry that like we won't have the ability to do it. But at the same time, we shouldn't fear like, but I can also do like great, great yeah. wickedness. It's like, and that's the danger of thinking that, thinking that 
God is somehow, if I do good things, he'll give me good rewards. If I do bad things, he'll punish me like that, that kind of karma mentality. But in reality, the devil can lead us into feeling really good Mm -hmm. in order to prepare us for the fall. The devil can give us help, assist us to have immense, what we call worldly successes, not, not true virtue, not true goodness, not true holiness, but the things that we think are goodness, virtue and holiness, the devil will lead us right into those things, knowing that then we let our guard down, our watchfulness, our, our nepsis goes away. And all of a sudden we're, we're stuck, you know, yeah. And the devil can the devil can give us things that we see as as earthly good in order to bring about immense spiritual evil. Yeah. And then the final guy, the final guy is Solomon, um, which was rather interesting that you said, "What would your superpower be? It would be right. <laughs> wisdom." So thank you for you know totally letting the cat out of the bag. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, it says Solomon. Uh, this is chapter three of First Kings. Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings upon that altar at Gibeon. That the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, "Ask what I shall." Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and merciful love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and an uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and merciful love and have given him a son to sit on his throne. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I'm but a little child. I do not know how to go in, go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people who have chosen, a, who you have chosen. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? And God said to him, Because you have asked for this and not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, you have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your will. I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been, has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. Da 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 da. He gets wisdom. Yeah. He gets he gets the virtue, and not just like a virtue, like a, a super virtue. That it even I even thought I I don't think I ever processed that this way before, but I even thought when you when you were reading it, that harkens all the way back to Adam and Eve and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, where he asks for the knowledge of good and evil, and God gives it to him. Yeah. 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 And he receives such, I mean, wisdom in some sense is the, 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 a participation in the knowledge of God, that God, God is able to see from his high place and he's able to, to allow uh, us to see from his, with his eyes. Mm. And when Solomon receives this gift, he's receiving it simultaneously with his own kind of uh, inverted or diverted love of these high places. Mm. He's also like uh, falling into idolatry. And part of that is because at the beginning of this, it says he enters into this, you know, marriage contract, marriage covenant with Pharaoh. So he's got all of these wives. Right. He's got all of these, these persons. And he has so many persons 
that he's trying to keep happy, happy wife, happy life, that he just allows them to do whatever, like to create idols for themselves and they can go sacrifice to it. But what ends up happening is they, he begins to succumb to it. And I think that this can happen too with especially people who have been converted, who have like grown in understanding of the faith, who are like practicing a prayer life. They have ambitions of going out and saying, I will be able to convert all of these others. Right. Like I will be a light to them because I've been, I've been enlightened myself. And uh, that's a that is a noble ambition, and God may give you particular gifts around uh, being able to encounter people at at these points in their life. However, you need to have others in your life who are going to be able to show you the error of your ways. Because even though Solomon had wisdom, even though Solomon was able to judge with perfect judgment and like speak about other people's lives, right. he couldn't see his own. Yeah. He couldn't see his own errors. Yeah. And in Nathan is he's he doesn't even show up right. for most of the for I mean, by that time I think it might have been Gad. Mm-hmm. Um but it doesn't seem like Solomon needs to consult anyone else. Right. But also if you look at I mean, the wisdom of Solomon, you know, if that was written by Solomon is it, it's not nearly as humble as the Psalms are either. You know, there's a lot of wisdom there, but it's not, I mean, just, just according to the tradition. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I mean, that that's a, that's almost a risk about like, at what point does your leadership become too big, you know, or when does your, when does your, your, your power become too big. Is there a point where that happens? And I think, I think you're right. I think that happens, whether it's his personal ability, it, it goes beyond his personal ability or it goes beyond any human's ability. I mean, that's yeah. one thing. That's one thing that yeah. I, I told you, Shep said, I mean, Shep said the Archdiocese of Philadelphia should be like five dioceses. Oh yeah. He said the same thing about Denver. Yeah. These massive dioceses should be much smaller, you know? Well, I, I think it's interesting to look at Saul and Solomon together because it's like Saul relies upon his power, yeah. upon his strength, upon his kind of riches of whatever. Solomon has riches of the mind. Hmm. Um, and I would say as much as we're intrigued by riches of, of strength, like the Tom Brady's and the Michael Jordan's and the, um, I don't know. The Michelle Kwans, if right. you will, okay. <laughs> um, you know, we're also impressed by like you know people of of intellect, yeah, and of even like spiritual intellect, yeah. like people who can can prophesy and and preach really well and all of those things. Those are gifts to be put at the service of others, and that's sometimes that that can go really well, but at the same time, like. Beware, beware that it, no gift, no gift is perfect. Right. Save love. Yeah. Save love. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting because I was, I was, you know, praying about the 
about the difference between Solomon asking for wisdom and then St. Therese just saying, I just want love. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like, and, and even if you asked for love, who knows? Like, who knows why, if that, if that's real love or, you know, like if it's just going to be self-serving love. But even if you have those those gifts, you have to put them at the service of one another, which means that you have to allow other people to serve you as well. Right. You can't be the center of all. Right. Um, and, and I really think it's a danger when we allow ourselves the freedom to say, no, I think I can reach all these other people. And I, I've, I've gone beyond needing the assistance of others. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even a husband, even a husband who did that to his wife or a wife who did that to her husband, like, or a kid that tried to do it to his parents, he would drive them away. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't need anything from me anymore. Right. And you, you think that you think that I need everything from you and woe to you. And eventually, eventually Solomon falls the way of all, like he you know, his heart is turned away and, you know, he begins kind of sacrificing to, to the false gods, uh, even more frequently. And then his kingship falls into disarray. Yeah. There's really only one who, who models for us like the perfection of virtue, um, in, in that as in leadership and that's Christ. Right. His mother does it, but I wouldn't say she's a leader. Right. She's not a, um, she empowers leaders, but she's not intercedes for them maybe yeah. yeah i mean she's the queen so i mean she she does have some authority but like i i don't i don't think of her as like corporate mama right you know like <laughs> right. she's gonna walk into that boardroom and she's gonna kick butt yeah. she's gonna lay out the perfect powerpoint presentation and we're all just gonna bow down to her like right. she her and christ have perfect wisdom they have perfect strength they have perfect hearts um, and they're attuned to the right things, and they know when to be strong and when to be weak. And I, I, I think it's a good model for us to kind of look at that and just say, well, who are the people in my life that I'm called to serve and, and to receive service from? Who, um, who have I been given charge over? And how am, I, how am I using the gifts that I have to serve them and, in some sense, to learn from them as well? So, yeah. Yeah. so that's it. There's your Bible study for today. Amen. Something interesting you mentioned Gosh. about, I was thinking when St. Therese acts, Therese acts for uh, perfect love. Mm-hmm. That's more of just a, that's oriented towards holiness. I do think that Solomon, and I, I was thinking the exact same thing when you asked me, and I said wisdom. It's like, I, I'm thinking I want something in that, that helps my role, not my life or my holiness, but my role. Yeah. My role is priest and his role is king. Like, that was the first thing that came to mind. But I do, I do think St. Therese is more correct in saying love is just, love helps in holiness, your own salvation, that of others. Wisdom is good and is certainly helpful. But, but Solomon, and I, I know myself certainly was thinking like, what's going to make me a better priest rather than what makes me a better Christian? Yeah. So there's just different ways of thinking about it. But yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you're in Lent, so, you know. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. We're not. We're Getting drinking there. hot chocolate, so enjoy your sweet life. Yeah, so sorry for mentioning hot chocolate when you can't be drinking it if that's what you gave up. <laughs> hey, yo. Uh, we had a postcard 
all the way from Falkoping, Sweden. Ooh. Falbingden. Falbigden. Falbigden. Okay. Uh, nope, it's in Swedish. Uh, I want to thank you for how you've affected my life through your podcast. I started listening because I was curious about the Catholic faith. And now three years later, I will soon become a member of the church. And my sons, 10 and 8, now, now attend catechism. I'm forever grateful. From Malin Carlson. Beautiful. Malin Carlson. And they sent us Swedish candy. Uh-huh. And we opened them at Pranzo, two is? of them, but I did not open these. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Show it to me. Turkish peber? Uh, Turkish pibir. Turkish pibir. Yeah, they're super spicy candies. Oh, here we good. go. Like extra, extra hot. So it has all three in here, mild, strong, and No, hottest. it's just the hot ones. It's just the hottest. Um, so oh, yeah. I have absolutely no idea you found the podcast all the way in Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> and to listen to it in English, like, means that you're, you know, like, already adept at understanding. Yeah. If we're teaching you new words or even crazy words, <laughs> you know, like, we uh, we salute you. So Don't repeat everything we say. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, tash, pass me a Turkish beer. Turkish. Turkish how, how do you open the bag? Do you open like the whole thing or do you just pull off the corner? Just pull off the corner. Okay. You want me to open another one? You want me to do another one? Uh, sure. Uh, dear Father Nathan and Father Michael, um, I am a seminarian studying for the Diocese of Harrisburg at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary, in the middle of formation at Pre-Thi-1. After graduating from University of Dallas this past May and entering seminary, I experienced great sorrow and sadness in leaving behind a, an incredibly close brotherhood. Uh, the difficulty of leaving behind good friends has been an ever-present challenge. I found the episode of your podcast on the parting of friends and eventually listened to it before returning to seminary. What a blessing was your reflection. It came at the perfect time and spoke in a very good way. As a UD grad, I greatly appreciate the use of poetry and literature in a spiritual reflection. Thanks to your insight and encouragement. I will strive I will strive to see God working in desolation, learn to care and not care, and let Christ's example of sorrow call me to imitate him. Please pray for me and I'll pray for you. Kevin Key. Kevin Key, Charles Barmeo Seminary. Nice. So he's doing great in seminary, it sounds like. Cool. Hey persevere, God bless you, Kevin. Kevin. Persevere, yeah. Yeah, we got I mean Golly, Preethi one, that was <laughs> Ten years ago. Wow. No, nine. <laughs> Mine's not that hot yet. <laughs> All right, Swedish candy. All right, um, so uh, shout-outs. Uh, so Sarah Stacy's been texting me during this entire recording. What? And, uh, she wanted me to go to Viali. Oh, we're but, busy. Uh, yeah, we're busy. Uh, so shout-out to Sarah, but also to Sylvia Smith, who, uh, I just found out another friend of mine who I just found out listens to the podcast. So shout out to Sylvia. Uh, also to Stargazer Chocolates and Coffee in uh, Denver, Colorado. Stargazer what? started by Karen's dad. I don't even know John. John. So uh, whoa, Stargazer Coffee. It, you, did you get one? Of the, you got you got the uh, the seminary seal from Oh Father yeah, Dan- yeah. That was Stargazer Chocolate. Are you serious? Yeah. I was going to melt that down and make drinking chocolate for you. But Uh-oh. I thought you were going to be off 
Like desserts, because oh, it's Lent. Not yet. But, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Stargazer Coffee. Andrew Whaley runs the coffee shop. Sarah Stacy works there. Nice. Um, Where is it located? It's on Colorado and 8th. So, check out Colorado and 8th. Avenue, uh, right, right behind Snooze, Anthony's Pizza. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there's a Trader Joe's there yeah. in Denver. Stargazer Coffee, check that out. Also, uh, Sharon Keith is a friend of my friend Lori. Uh, just found out the other day she listens too. Uh, so Sharon from the I met Lori at Viale, and Sharon's a friend of hers, and they put each other onto the podcast. I don't even. I think I put Lori on. She put Sharon on. Hey, <laughs> thank you for listening. And uh, finally, Mary Beth Adams from Saint Catherine Family Health and Pregnancy in Belgrade, Montana. Nice. Jason Wunsch, Father Jason Wunsch. She came to church on uh, on Sunday, the first divine liturgy ever, and she enjoyed it immensely. She said, I wanted to shout out, she's a listener to the podcast, Mary Beth Adams from St. Catherine Family. Oh, Health yeah, I know Mary Belgrade, Beth Adams. Uh, Montana. So, fun. Shout out to Mary Beth. Shout out to Lacey Gallick. Um, Lacey Gallick. Yep, great to see you. To uh, Mark Gallick. And, um, love you, Mark. Love you, Mark. And, uh, yep, it was. Hope you love us. Yeah, it was so good to see you, Lacey. So, so good. Um, so yeah, I gotta give a shout out to two more states to, let's do Montana. Nice. To all my peeps up in Montana, Chris Lebsock and Kirby Longo, Mm -hmm. Father Kirby Longo. Um, and, uh, oh, Father, or not Father, but he is dad, Joel La Liberty up there. Yeah, okay. All the people in Polson, Huckleberry Shake Makers, um, and let's do Mississippi. Uh, are you remembering these? Yeah, I mean, you've done no. six now, right? I've done six. Okay, I, I've done as some East Coast remember. ones and then some West Coast ones. So yeah, okay. check it out. Shout out y'all. Catholic Stuff Podcast. Look us up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, email. Catholic Stuff Podcast give us a, a good good report on iTunes. If you are from a different country like Sweden, we salute you. And, uh, and uh, we'll see you next week. After the States. Yeah, give us give us a good report on uh, iTunes because that's where we get the most criticisms on iTunes. So, show us some love. Bye, all. Laters. Laters.